further ado, let's get into part two with Neve. Since I was 16, I've been working up to this moment. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. Whew, powerful. <laughs> oh, that first step to creating Spacey Studio, we just need a, a name and title for this podcast. I think we found yeah, it. It's so powerful. But I think we've talked about this before, Jess, about goal making. Um, and I fully believe that like you have to write out your goals because you literally can't see what's right in front of you until you've decided that you want something. Oh my goodness. So I'll give an example. Oh, please I, do. Yeah. So when I was finishing up in that app, I was like, okay, I had worked in interiors and textiles and those are two things that I wanted to pursue more. So I wrote out my goals and I was like, if there's a textile studio in Dublin, like I'd love to get in there. And I was walking to work the next day, a walk that I did every day for seven months. And I walked past a textile studio and I saw it for the first time. That's- like that's the power of just writing out your goals. It yeah. was right in front of me. And because I had never put that like pen to paper, that thought in my head that was like, I want to work in a textile studio. I actually just didn't notice it. And I'm observant. Oh, no, like, 100%. I was blown away. <laughs> I think manifestation and even another bit of advice. My, one of my colleagues, he's quite senior. I'm like, you know, prepping always in tech, you know, there's always promotions and new roles, etc. And he told me some great advice that every month, write down everything that happened that month that you did well. So when it comes to starting that new project or going for that interview you're so excited about, you don't have to think, what have I done or brought to the table? You have a year's worth of amazing things or mentorships you've given people or any help or work you've done right in front of you. And you're like, wait a sec, if my best friend handed that to me, I'd be like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's definitely so something you would have done as well in preparation for this, like all your internships. Oh, I actually worked with a cool furniture company. I can help Mm -hmm. you seek out furniture for your new studio. So that definitely impacted you as well. Yeah, totally. That's so true. That's really good advice. Yeah, no, I I do definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to remember sometimes when you look back, it's like, can't think of anything. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, no, I just spent May watching Netflix. I didn't do anything. (laughs) True. Um, so yeah, then I started that project and they were really like great mentors in a way, even though they were my first clients. They were um, very patient, gave excellent feedback and like all along, like really supported the whole journey and never put like tons of pressure on me. It was amazing. Like honestly, like I kind of, you know, at the time, sometimes you don't realize how good a client or something is. Even though I did always appreciate it, but definitely in hindsight, I'm like, wow, like that project was like so impactful to how I went forward then into all my other ones. And um, yeah, so it's kind of crazy for me to think that I've been doing it for three years. The first year was really fast and I got jobs through word of mouth and I kind of got like some media coverage and stuff. And so that really excited me. It was amazing. The yeah. second year was tougher. Okay. Like, more tough. I made less money the second year. But that I had happen. more projects. 
they were smaller like it was so I couldn't really wrap my head around it because like why would my first year in business be more successful than my second like it didn't really make sense like financially you know of course if you're looking at finances I made less years that less money the second year but my projects were more interesting and way more opportunities in different right. types and styles of projects and I came to the end of year two and I just had to really weigh it up then but I was like it's growing but it's super slow and I know growth is slow and I like listen to all those probably the same as you as well like podcasts like how I built this is yeah. one that I love um I really research people that I admire their businesses so I have two people who are okay, my inspirations one of them is Jen Atkins and Jen, she yes. owns that brand Way. The hair care. Yeah, the hair care. hair care. Yeah, and she's obviously the Kardashians and like every major celebrity hairstylist. Her story is so insane. It's incredible. And honestly, I recommend people research it because I'm not going to lie. I thought before she was just picked up by the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a family friend. And I, I prejudged. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. then I read her story and I was blown away. What a powerful woman. Totally. And she's worked so hard for so many years. Like, I believe that, um, I think I've read this somewhere, but also I've like, just from people that I really admire and follow, I think it takes 10 years to really be successful. So like, I map out people's journeys. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, okay, I need to, I'm like, I need to be patient with myself. Like the first couple of years that she was, you know, working really hard and doing her thing. Like she maybe did that for like four or five years yeah. before she got anywhere, you know? And she might've had instances where she was sleeping on a couch or mm-hmm. she didn't know if she had a job next week and yet she persevered. And I think... Yeah. One of the reasons I suppose I started this podcast, it's only a baby, but um, it's because I wanted people like yourself, Neve, to share the hardships and the steps. And when people see your highlight reel of you launching your new product, launching your business, they're like, amazing. Mm -hmm. But they never see the struggles or Mm -hmm. even sometimes the lucky breaks or like, I'm not disputing that you didn't work really hard. But I bet you were so chuffed you sat in that seat at that event in July. Yeah, yeah. Like, how incredible was that? But it was how you yeah. took that situation and you reacted is what made it successful, you know? Yeah, and, and it was the list of goals I decided, you know, like I had exactly. it in my mind that I was like, this is one of my goals. So when you talk about it, it happens. It does. You, you tell the universe, you really do. yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I love following people that I look up to because it helps me to understand that like nothing is born overnight. And I remember listening to Gary V podcast that this girl who was like in her early twenties rang in and she was like, I just don't know why I'm not like super successful, not a millionaire and not like all these things. And he was like, okay, well, who are you comparing yourself to? Is it Kylie Kardashian? Like, because she's the same age as you. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, let me just put this straight forward, like plain simple for you. 10 years ago, her parents set her up with 
you know, the business model. Like she's been building her brand for 10 years. She didn't just launch a lipstick or lip gloss or whatever. She actually built her brand for years and years and like actively put herself out there, actively had all her socials, went to events, built this brand, had a massive following and then launched off the back of us. So like time does go into us. Completely. And exactly that, the goals, the writing down, the hard work, the behind the scenes that we're almost afraid to show because it makes us feel vulnerable or you know, I'm sure there's times, Neve, where even the most amazing people in the world have lay on their bed bawling, crying, not knowing what to do next. Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce has definitely had those moments. I'm sure she still does. Totally, yeah. Um, But it's not the crying. It's the the learning from the crying, writing down your goal and getting up and doing it. And that's action. Yeah, totally. The action and then also like assessing along the way, like is it worth keeping pursuing us? And I felt like I hadn't really like, um, I wasn't actually disappointed by the end of year two, but I was trying to assess like in a business mind, which is not like my forte because I would say I'm more of an artist, but I was trying to look at it like with my business mind on like, do I pursue this another year? Because I made less money this year, but then I think my brand grew like, is it really viable? Like all these questions, I was like, what do I do now? And so I decided then I always wanted to make more products. And that's when I decided I was going to launch a homeware line. So that was about a year ago. I started working on all the background stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'd say actually around this time last year, I started working on all the background stuff, my products. And I came up like with a plan of how it was going to launch and when it was going to happen and stuff. So I kind of knew that my interior design I love it but like selling having a product and textile brand was my ultimate goal um so they marry really well together because like a homeware line and interior design company like support each other and there's sometimes like opportunities in interior design projects where you could design custom blankets for it and then it's like your homeware line is in your project so they go together 100% and you're also diversifying as well so yeah putting all your eggs solely in one basket however they're complementary baskets yeah totally and also I realized like um you know financially as a service you can only kind of make so much money because there's only so many hours in a week of course like you can't grow that rapidly as an hourly based service because you're one person once yeah. that hour is consumed it's gone whereas putting even a hundred hours into even thinking of the concept of the blankets once mm. that's created as a product and it goes into manufacturing not that your work is done but it can kind of you know as long as you keep spinning the wheel it can keep going and going and going yeah yeah and like you know, you could sell more products than hours in a year, you know, like if you're on the right track or whatever. So that was like one of my thing, like I do um, have like a business mentor, 
which okay. I think is important. And so I'd kind of like talk to him about like different ideas and how to like grow it because the design side of it comes way more naturally to me. So reaching out to people who have more skills and more experience in elements that, you know, needed support on like hugely important. And I like, I think everyone should have a mentor in life, whether that's a business mentor, even like a life mentor. I, I see nothing wrong with reaching out to someone and say, hello, I think you're fantastic. Can you give me an hour of your time? Totally. Yeah, totally. And if someone did that to you, you'd be so chuffed. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I remember I wasn't long in Salesforce and somebody came up to me saying, I've seen you're doing well can we have a coffee? I'd love to learn how you do it. And I was like, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. And I was like, absolutely. Oh my God, I'll buy you coffee. And I almost felt like overcompensating yeah. for, you know, them approaching me. Like I had to prove myself, but mm-hmm. they were already somewhat, I don't even like saying the word impressed, but they wanted to learn something from me. And yeah. That was incredible. But you know what? Since then, I reach out to people all the time. And if they say, I don't have time, reach out to this person. I'm like, no problem. If I yeah. get, oh, it's, it's no like offense. I won't dislike that person. I appreciate everyone's busy, but amazing if they say yes. So yeah. Either way, it's a win-win. And like, I'm sure that business mentor, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, the title is that first step. If you could even explain that first step to securing a business mentor, how would you, I suppose, go about it? Um... Well, I guess I have a few different kind of mentors for different things. Um, my business mentor is my brother, but I did ask him about us. Okay. So it's kind of different because it's like when someone that you're in your family, but I did ask him, I did say like, I really look up to you and your business and value like all the skills and everything that you've learned would you mind like if we did you know call like every second week about like my business and how we could grow it so I did ask him because I also wouldn't take it for granted just of course. because his family that he would give like have that time or for anyone and also like if you're having a call with someone in your family you want to kind of just chat normally yeah you almost have to so, set that agenda and say this yeah is we what would have about. yeah we would have like dedicated calls but that's what it was about um and then with other people, like in design or art, sometimes it's more casual. Okay. You know, so like, like I have friends that are super successful in like art and design and I would ask them, you know, their advice on specific things that would like help me um, like learn more about like what they're doing or you know, advice on specific things. And that's been really helpful as well because if someone's in the same industry as you, like, and help so much. Even just discussing, like, you know, what kind of tax do you use for this? Or what kind of thing do you do for that? And, like, when people are in the same industry, they generally, or generally have, like, insider knowledge or secrets and stuff. Yeah, and even the fact that they've already done all this research. So why not be efficient, yeah, use their knowledge base to provide you with maybe. I mean, we spoke. I spoke with Neve, another Neve. I'm telling you guys, name your daughter's Neve. It's in the name. Yeah, 
um, last week on last week's episode and she said that even when she was starting up her business, she spoke with a tax accountant to understand if sole trader or public liability or private limited, what route to go with her company. So even things like that, Neve, are are so beneficial. Totally. And I think like never be afraid to ask a question. Like people are happy to help. No, they really are. And as you said, Mm -hmm. people love being flattered. Yeah. Compliment someone before they ask and you probably get a yes. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I might just, I tell you then, so I started working on the homeware. Yeah. So you started working on your, your comfy blankets, which are beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I started working on them and like at the end of year two, I just didn't know what was going on I was like what am I up to like it's hard because like you'd naturally compare yourself to other people and I'm 28 which I know is still super young but it is kind of the stage where like I saw my friends like getting promotions and like building their careers and doing amazing in their jobs and I felt like I was still so much at the very beginning of my career and like Uh, like when you're working for yourself there's just so many variables and like income and loads of things like sometimes people pay their invoices super late so you might have like a few weeks where you have to just be like really frugal and then you get paid and it's fine but it's like it's just different to how other people live their lives yeah so you need to just really be on the ball and like not be looking outwardly just like do your own thing stay on top of it as a rule of being self-employed I always have uh two months rent and expenses that's great advice that is such great advice because you'd never want that to stop you from pursuing your dream obviously as you said you also have to be realistic about your dream Mm -hmm. but in the short term having a bank of money really does impact even your stress levels yeah and before anyone starts anything themselves I would say at least two months of like bills rent and living just covered because like there will be months where your invoices are late and you have to dip into it and like it shouldn't be stressful you should just know that it's always there and like separate to your savings like this is like your fallback rent money it's in a completely different account it's not your savings it's not your cash flow it's not like any kind of it's literally just for your rent yeah, it's your credit union. It's the money that you hope your, yeah. your grandparents dip into every now and again to help you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, then I launched my homeware line in February 2020. So I worked on it for those kind of six months in between like August and February. And I tested lots of different things, made lots of stuff before I came to a place where I knew I was going to make this blankets and so Um, you like the blanket idea did you like sketch out I can make a blanket I could make a rug I could make cushions where was the blanket idea come from did you start maybe larger and then narrow it down or how did you come to that moment so I started painting um again when in like 2018 and it was just like I make these kind of like organic like flowing shapes and patterns and they're just abstract shapes and patterns um they just really enjoy making they're like 
at the end of the day, after I'd be like working my job all day, like doing interior design, I might paint for like 30 minutes and like my mood changes so much. It just is kind of like meditation because the way I paint it is real like flowy. <laughs> like I listen to music and the music totally um, affects what I end up painting because it's just abstract shapes. So like it reacts to the music and I totally get in this little zone. I always have to be by myself to really be able to get into the painting. And then I had all these patterns that I didn't even know I was making on purpose. I just had all this collection of patterns and um, I knew that I wanted to apply them to things. So I painted some murals with the patterns and um, like um, plant pots and a few different things. And so I knew at this point that I wanted to do a homeware line. And so I did start making a list. Okay. I had like my Google Sheets documents <laughs> like all my different ideas. I'd be like going in and like tapping away like whatever my ideas were. And um, then started narrowing it down to things that were like actually viable, things that like I could actually afford to make, you know, because like you can have wild ideas, but it might just take like way too much money or too long to source or all these things. Yeah. So came down to, and then also another element of like, what would people buy? Like, what would people like? What do I like? What do I want for my own home or for my client's home? And so the blankets, um, there's like, there's like four products that I had planned for 2020. And the blanket was the first one. Um, And so they all go together, like as a set. But the first one is like a blanket. Okay. So I got that manufactured in Michigan in October last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was such a fun process. Like I worked really closely with this weavers and they sent me like little samples of threads and then I picked them all out. And That's incredible. Them, yeah, I got them shipped. So we did, my family did Christmas this year in my brother's house in San Francisco. So we got, I got all my blankets shipped to his house so that I wouldn't have to pay this tax. That's clever, guys. That's clever. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. On... Well, anyway. Ah, sure. No one's come for me. It was only like two or three blankets. Um, and I got them shipped in, imported in properly when I actually went into production. But I got the test ones shipped to his house. And then when I went over Christmas, I was like, had my own little Christmas party opening up my blankets. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. It's probably warm and you're like... I know. <laughs> I was so excited to see them. So I saw three different ones, decided to go for one of them. Okay. And then I did a pre-order sale. Okay, very so, smart. Yeah, gauge so most, yeah, exactly. Gauge interest, be sustainable. Nobody wants dead stock. Um, and then also financially, it just makes more sense. Like if you're a small business, like upfronting tons of money, like, if I was going to buy a hundred blankets, like that would cost me a good bit. Of course. And then I'm like, do a hundred people want a blanket? Am I going to be stuck with 99 blankets in my apartment? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so there's a blanket for it. Yeah, exactly. It would have been grand during lockdown, but I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, mm-hmm. test the waters, you know, feel out like what people want, is their interest. And so I did a pre-sale and I sold a few. 
Okay. And I was pretty happy with this. And I started talking to some interesting shops. Okay. And there's one in particular that I, it was looking promising, but then lockdown happened. Oh no. I know. So the shop closed. So like, it's fine. Like it is actually fine. Um, but it was one of those things that I was like, okay, everything was on pause at the moment. Like I sell through my website and I have an Etsy as well. Perfect. I'll link all those links anyway down the show notes so people can definitely okay. find you. Thank you. Yeah, I sell through Space and Studio for the blanket because I launched this blanket as uh, Space and Studio Homeware. And then we went into lockdown and I had just ordered all this amazing custom design fabric that I was about to make into like test all my homeware products. Yes. And so I had a few different things that I was going to test and um, make the next product to get ready to launch like in May or so. And then we went into lockdown and like the start of lockdown was very different to now. I've, it was scary. It was. Like, it was scary. We didn't know what was to come. No. And like so many country, countries are really suffering. Luckily, Ireland, like, you know, touch the wood, we have done okay. Um, and it doesn't seem to have been as bad as we kind of predicted, like at the start of lockdown, but like we didn't know. And I just was like, this is so trivial for me to be like designing a cushion. I like, know. I just, it felt wrong. Like, I just wasn't a. I just felt like, am I going to design a cushion and promote it? Like, yeah, it, it must weird. be weird. And I don't envy you for a second. Having a small business and trying to promote yourself when even you feel uncomfortable and also mm. not wanting to upset anyone or even offend any potential customers for fear it would affect mm-hmm. your brand. That yeah. stress on your shoulders is crazy. However... Yeah judging from your Instagram, you adapted so well to lockdown and you created an incredible, beautiful uh, new accessory. <laughs> Can I ask, is that accessory created from all that incredible fabric? Yeah, it is. Amazing. I love I know, how adaptable it was meant you to are. Be. It was. <laughs> yeah. it was. So I made the first, so I made masks and, um, Honestly, at the start of lockdown, I had worked every single weekend from like November to March. I was so dead. I just like, I went home to my parents' house for the first like five weeks. And like for the first two weeks, I think I just slept. Like I was, I was in the middle of a interior design project and it was obviously crap that it had to be paused. But I think like I actually kind of needed it. You know, yeah. I would not have been able to develop a homeware line or products running off like no spare time, no time to think, no time to sleep, just like kind of going. So I slept probably for the first two weeks and then I had all this material and I was like, ooh, I'm going to make something for one of my friends. So I made a mask and I sent it to my friend and then I made one for me and I posted it on my Instagram. And then from there, there was just so much demand for masks even you were in the Irish Independent congratulations yeah fantastic you. no you're welcome Thanks. yeah like a few different media outlets picked up that I was making masks which is interesting because I was only posting my own Instagram um 
And so I would find out that these outlets or these media magazines or newspapers had an art like had me featured in them after it was printed. That's incredible. No, <laughs> no better. Like, and even I think as well because Neve, you were doing good, and yeah, you were trying to help people, and I mean. I barely go out the door, being honest. I'm such an extrovert. I love being social. I love people. Yeah. But this whole, you know, period of time has even affected me a little bit in the sense of going out and approaching people. And I even flinch if someone comes near me, which is, I yeah. hate to say, is so unlike me. So, like, I haven't even nearly been out the house to be using masks, but I've seen a lot of people wear your masks and they're beautifully made. Yeah, loads, as in even on Instagram. Oh, cool. And the it yeah. as well were promoting them like crazy. Yeah. Beautiful. And the kids' versions as well. Um, so, and even the tutorials you're showing on Instagram of how to take care of them and wash mm. them and iron them and bring them back to new. And I think that education and the love and the passion you have for it is definitely showing through. And it's people buy from people. They yeah. don't buy from brands. And the fact that your latest design is both functional, like your art, like you've always said, yeah. is practical and it's helping people with their anxiety right now, I think yeah. is fantastic. And it's why people are drawn to it. Yeah, thank you. That's really nice for you to say. Um, I think like the masks, like the most important thing about wearing a mask is that you're actually wearing it for other people. You're not wearing it for yourself. Yeah. Like wearing a mask stops you from spreading things more than from you picking it up. You know, so like if we're all wearing masks, then none of us are spreading things. Exactly. Or like, you know, it's dampened down a little bit or a good bit. But I think it's going to be um um I can't think of the word, but I think it's going to be like etiquette to wear a mask now 100%. you know like I have occasionally like forgot my mask and like gone into like a small shop you know I was in a hardware store yesterday and I forgot my mask and I was like I actually feel so rude coming in here without a mask on like he the guy was just working there doing his job and here's me like coming in like a total stranger no mask on like I felt really inconsiderate of his life and like who he has to go home to and maybe he has like he might have to work in a shop but have like sick a sick wife or kids or anyone so it's like for other people definitely so yeah making and designing that product was real like organic kind of thing for me I was staying at my mom she used to make all her own clothes when she was younger Wow. so I've been sewing my whole life like she's such an incredible seamstress and she used to do these like really amazing embellished like embroidery patterns on her blouses and stuff it was so wow. cool yeah so she taught me and my sister how to sew when we were really young um and my cousin actually who's making the masks with me now great the three of us learned how to make these masks or sew from my mom and like all through School, we're sewing in Bizcom. One of my projects, I did this like hand sewn board game. It oh was, took goodness. me so long, but it was like <laughs> so elaborate and fun to make. So I did this like hand sewn board game. I always like made clothes and costumes and everything. Like sewing was just a skill that I learned at home. 
and then um, the textiles and stuff I had learned in San Francisco. So again, it was like accumulation of my skill set that I had kind of gathered over the years. Um, so I feel like your mom's Chris Jenner, like having all the little Kardashians. Go out and act. Go out and create a reality TV show. I'm just going to help you like start it off. Like that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. So when I started making the mask, I made the first one. And she was like, she's so funny. She'll like, tell me exactly how it is. She'll be like, okay, no, like this needs to be better. This was too small. Like your stitching could be better here. So I'm like, okay. So like would make like my second one. She was like, yeah, this is better. But like, you know, this bit, like you really can't stop someone if the stitching is like this, this and this. And so like every time it would get better. And then we came to a point where like, I felt super proud of the product. Yeah. And like my mom had really helped me like hone in like all the elements to make like work better, get the sizing right, stitching, everything. And then the demand was so big that I actually had to outsource the making of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't sew any of the masks anymore. But that's testament to you, Neve, in the sense that you've grown this, you've created this incredible product. Um, but at the same time, as any good businesswoman or businessman knows, you ha- also have to know the time when to hand it over to somebody yeah. else. And I mean, you're still running the business, but mm-hmm. handing over a piece of it to make it more efficient and to make your business yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. So like there came a point that I was just like, I literally can't make these anymore. So I like made up this really like detailed sewing guide. I went and like met different um, sewers and alterate and tailors. And I found two that were so amazing. And like now they sew all my masks and like I send them over, like I cut the masks and send them to them like once a week and pick up a batch once a week. And then we have this like nice little system down. But it escalated so quickly that like the first few weeks I felt like I was just like, what is going on? I'd be like sewing them and calling someone and trying to get the packaging sorted and trying to get them out. And then there was a while where there was a massive delay on orders because they just came in way quicker than I could make them. And I didn't have the sewers set up. Um, So there was a while where there was like a big backlog. And then now we are finally back on track (laughs) and I have extras made. But that's incredible. Like you launch and go. adapt, you know, you have to yeah. adapt. And if you waited until a business was perfect, you'd never start the business. Oh my God, never. Like even so, I started selling them on Etsy and anything that has like um, hashtag coronavirus or anything online at the moment is demonetized or okay. taken down. So I had a listing on Etsy that had hashtag coronavirus mask as in the description and I started selling and I you can see on Etsy when people put them in their basket or in their favorites and so it's in like loads of people's baskets I was like okay they're just like waiting to check out and Etsy took my listing down so they came out of all the baskets and favorites that's like a nightmare (laughs) I would I'd actually I know and so I was talking to my brother about it because I was like what do I do and he was like you have to just have your own website because then you have full control of your product and how you sell and how you distribute and manufacture and all this kind of stuff and I have I do Squarespace for Spacey Studio for ages okay. and Nimcake is what I use as my artist name which happens, I love it um by mistake as well it all kind of just organically happens you know 
as you like build things. But name cake was what my sister called me as a child. That's so lovely that you have that special um, memory and now you're watching it grow and it's almost bigger than you. Like this is in my yeah. brand that, you know, came from such a wonderful moment. Yeah, well now like name cake and namecake.com is a business. That's so itself. cool. You know, so it's like a mask making business. But I, what I basically see, foresee happening with this is that like I always wanted to make products Okay. And, you know, back to when my advice for when you leave college, I still really believe in like just keeping your mind open and keeping like your horizons broad and seeing what is out there and how you should, you know, adapt towards it. So I was starting, I had launched my homeware line at Spacey Studio, but now it doesn't make sense for me to actually continue with, with Spacey because Name Cake as a product line even though it's masks right now it's the product line that will grow and there will be other products in in the future you know so like maybe my spacey homeware will just go into my name cake products yeah and spacey studio will stay as an interior design company and no but i mean it took to this moment to reflect and say that's okay i'm adapting and you Mm. hear of so many entrepreneurs how they go with this venture, they put in some money and they're like, wait a second, I wasted money, but do you know what? What I learned is more valuable than that monetary amount. Yeah. And I'm going to take this and go this avenue and adapt. And since the age of 16, Eve, it sounds like you've been through her, like obstacles, jumped over hurdles, but now you're, you've arrived at this place and even a pandemic, you were mm-hmm. positive as positive as we can all be, because Famer, yeah. I mean, it's been awful for a lot of people. Totally, yeah. But the fact that instead of sitting there and being in despair that I have all this material, all this money, I can create my next spacey product, you adapted and now you have this new business, which is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and like you're saying, I am giving fifteen percent to Dublin Rape Crisis Centre. Yes, that was my next yeah. question. So fifteen percent you're giving back to charity, and also I see mm. for the March, um, you're also delivering masks, and fifteen percent to Black Lives Matter. I saw you say yeah. that as well. That's yeah, amazing. like in the current climate, I just okay. Well, firstly, with the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre, I think the lockdown has basically impacted more people than. Um, you know, maybe we realize yeah. like it's so important to support the frontline workers. But we, I just didn't want to forget about how it trickles into other people's lives. Like apparently domestic violence cases have gone up lots since lockdown. I know, it broke my heart. So sad, yeah. The fact so that we're I, safe in our own homes is so privileged and lots of people can't yeah. be safe in their own homes. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to forget about how this has actually trickled down into other people's lives like rather than just the frontline workers. So that's why I chose that charity and something they do like such incredible work. So I will still be donating to Dublin Rape Crisis Centre, but because of the current climate and just the craziness that is going on in the world at the moment, um, I just really felt like it was the right thing to do. And I felt a real pull to support Black Lives Matter for the coming weeks. Well, that's incredible. And, you know, it's 
it is difficult and we had a quick conversation before we recorded this about you know we're both fair-skinned fair-haired both have very similar hair actually uh, if anyone knows me um but you know it's difficult to talk about it and you always feel like what you're going to say could be wrong but I do think that by sharing videos and sharing your voice on your platform anyway even if you feel awkward it's not meant to feel comfortable right now yeah so the fact that you are spreading this you know donation and spreading even the message and highlighting the importance you know that's a lot um and that's I suppose all we can do mm-hmm. at this time so fantastic and I definitely think it also will encourage people to be safe be safe at these protests yeah because at the end of the day we don't want to end up back where we did March, no, March. So to try and be as safe as possible Everyone go buy Neve's masks. So when you are protesting for great causes, you are safe and you're protecting other protesters. Um, but yeah, Neve. so I suppose what's next? Like so much has happened, but what's next for Nim Cake Spacey Studio? Yeah, so I'm starting back um, after a three-month break into a project on Monday with Spacey. So I'm still doing the interiors. I'm finishing off a project in a lighthouse, which is super cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's deadly. So I'm starting back at that on Monday. And then with Nim Cake, I'm like so determined to grow that brand and keep developing products. It's honestly truly where my passion like lies right now. I have a whole list of things that I'm like getting ready to Your goal setting. Your goal Yeah, exactly. goal setting. I love it. Oh my god, like I just don't have enough hours in the day. about all the things I want to do name cake I'm like oh god get your mom involved I'm telling you your mom sounds like a hero yeah she's amazing um so yeah I'm just gonna keep growing it hopefully uh launch a product in September I have another product that I'm starting to work on it should be finished being prototyped in August then launch in September and it would make a lovely Christmas present perfect timing eyes peeled that's amazing yeah and the fact that you're already planning this out and I like oh my god what an incredible story sorry it's I hope everyone listening I mean I've learned so much and I already know you and I've heard bits of this yeah condensed into one I mean I could talk to you for hours um you have so much to offer and it's amazing and I definitely would love to have you back on hopefully this still continues Mm. in September when you do promote that product and even understand the specifics of how you designed it and the production production and manufacturing because those um, elements are so key as well to the steps you take to being successful Um, so Neva where can people find you I know Nim Cake and Spacey Studio but pimp yourself out Okay. Yeah, Nimcake is like my personal kind of behind the scenes, I guess, Instagram account that I post like what I'm working on daily. But then Nimcake Shop is where actually we'll have all my products. So you can find information on them, find links to them, see what I'm making, what they look like when people wear them. Um, It's mainly masks at the moment, but they're really fun. And I think they're like fun to style, they're stylish, like yeah I think they um could go great with loads of people's outfits so I love seeing when people send me photos of them styled and you ship ship worldwide don't you ship worldwide for a flat rate of five euro which is great that's great yeah the price of yeah and then it's free shipping in Ireland 
Um, so yeah, and then my website, so nimcake.com and spacesstudio.com. Perfect. Amazing. And Tony, one last question before we wrap up. If you could tell your 16-year-old self back then one thing, what would you tell her? Um, I think I'd just be like, believe in yourself and keep going. I love it. And you're believing yeah. in yourself and you're keeping on going. And I know there's so much more to company. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for yeah, coming. Thanks for having me on. My so pleasure. So there you have it. That's Neve's story. So detailed and so much to offer that we had to split it into two separate episodes, but both equally as important as I believe her message and her journey is quite inspirational and hopefully will impact and benefit you, the listeners of this podcast. As always, we have another guest next Monday. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Again, I know, another female but I am surrounded by so many empowering females. It would be a shame not to share their incredible journeys to how they got to where they are now. I will get a man on someday. So if you know anyone, please let me know. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.